0: Hey, this is Kieran with Coach's Corner Chats, and joining me is Adam Sanchez. Adam, where are you at and what are you up to?
1: I am at Iowa Western Community College. I'm the women's soccer head coach. Uh, we just finished uh, winning our second national championship in program history. Um, been here for eight years and, and just loving, loving being here in Council Bluffs, Iowa.
0: What was it about this past season that you think took you to that point where you actually won the big trophy yeah i i tell everybody that i,
1: I think all the credit goes to the players um for their self-belief and in, and in, in being able to do it uh, i know there was a point in the season where i i pulled uh, one of my captains aside and and was just saying i don't i don't know if we have it i don't know if we have it this year we're super talented we have the players um, we're capable of doing it, but I don't know if we're there yet. Um, and I think uh, she just she took that as motivation, took it back to the team and said, hey, guys, we can do this. We can do this. And, and it was just awesome to kind of watch them kind of pull together and, and build that unity. And then our 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 championship, our tournament is built for a team that gets hot and a team that uh, believes in each other and believes in, in, in the group. And that's what they did, and they pulled it off and it was it was awesome to, to watch them do it.
0: What's the environment in terms of community college? People hear that. Can you give kind of an idea of like what is community college soccer look like?
1: Yeah, so I think it takes a lot of different forms depending on where you're at, uh, maybe the region of the country um, here at Iowa Western. I'll, I'll speak to what we do. Um, and we, we take our athletics very seriously um, and that's uh, if people come and, and check us out, they visit campus, they can see it in our athletic facilities um, and I think that's, that's maybe an outward demonstration of how we uh, commit to the student-athletes, um, but I think on the inside, we're just well led by a president that cares about the student-athlete experience, uh, wants to put them on a national stage so that they can shine. And so they give us the, um, <clears throat> the resources uh, to be able to do that and to, to be able to um, recruit highly talented athletes and, and build a, a great team every single year so that we can remain on that stage and set the standard for the rest of junior college. We really believe at Iowa Western, we're in the top 3% of junior colleges. Um, and so we take pride in that, and we we have to live up to that standard each and every day.
0: Well, when you look back at your eight years, when you got the program, and you look at it now, what were some of the things that you were working on in those first you know first two three seasons, trying to get in place, so you could have the success that you're having now?
1: Yeah, that's that's an excellent question. I came in; they were ranked number one when I took the job. They had just won their first. Uh, championship in 2013. Um, they went back uh, to the national championship, to the final. Uh, they lost one to zero in in overtime. I'm not sure if it was double overtime. Uh, so going into the next year, they were ranked uh, number one, uh, and then I took over. And so the biggest challenge for me was maintaining that standard and trying to live up to it. Um, and I think early on, what I struggled with personally was living up um, to that standard and to my predecessor, who was an amazing coach, did amazing things, put the put the program where it is. Um, and I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to live up to what he did. Um, and I and I think I put that onto the players um, a little bit too much. So maybe we struggled in the first couple of years. And when I say struggled, we didn't have the same. Um, we didn't get to the finals. Uh, but we still made the national tournaments and such. Um, but we were just maybe a little bit, a little bit down. I think around year two or three. Um, uh, and and again, my predecessor was fantastic. We we had conversations maybe monthly, and he just he just said, hey, "It's your program. Don't try to copy me. Uh, don't try to do anything that I did. Um, just be you. You're there for a reason, um, uh, and, and you can you can do this." And And I think from there, that gave me the confidence of letting go of maybe some of the results and then focusing on what I do best and and bringing teams together and and different players and cultures together so that they feel uh, united and they feel as one. Uh, And then from there, the results just followed. So I think in the beginning, I was more uh, results orientated. orientated. Um, And then after that, just uh, felt comfortable that I could do the job. I felt confident in the position. Um, and then focus more on the relationships within the team.
0: You don't hear very often when the previous coach will reach out to the new coach and develop kind of a relationship. How, like, even just hearing that little story there, super helpful. How impactful was that as you started to kind of, like you said, take a little bit of pressure off? Like, look, you're not me. This is your program now. But to hear that from the previous coach who clearly was successful and created a very good program.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's unique in Iowa Western. I don't think, I think that happens in all of our programs. When when a coach moves on, um, we try to leave it in a better spot than than we got it. Um, and and it's not just soccer. I think it's it's a family. When you when you come to Iowa Western, you're part of the Reaver family. Um, and that was one of the things that I that attracted me to the job. Uh, Brad Silvey is is my predecessor. Um, he recommended me for the job. Um, and he it, like it was his baby, like he cared about it um, and he put a lot of time and effort into it. And he wanted to make sure that whoever took over had the success uh, that he experienced. And if, if we want to look at this being a case study for how you leave a program and how you transition and help somebody else into the job, Brad did a phenomenal job, a phenomenal job, left everything there for me. Had every resource, everything that was available to him, uh, was for me. He was there. Uh, I could call him. I could talk to him. Also, the the founder of the um, of the programs back in uh, two thousand four, uh, Amon Bennett. I, I'm connected with him, um, so I can call him and 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 share stories and share uh, challenges that we're having and, and get insight from him. So I, I think it's unique in our setting. Um, where we have that connection, but it's a connection that, uh, that I, that I enjoy that helps me be successful. And we work well with the men's program as well. And the men's program has that history as well. Um, the Brad was, was best friends with, uh, Jordan Carver at the time, uh, who I, who I got to work with as well, who, who was here for 10 years. Um, and they have, they have a history together and we're all connected. So it's, it's just awesome. It's unique. It's, it's a special place to be.
0: Where along this journey did Adam become disinfatuated with the game of soccer? Were you playing as a little tyke? Did you, like, how did this all kind of get to this point?
1: Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I played when I was younger. My mom was my first coach when I was four or five. Um, she'll take all the credit for all the success I have now, uh, which she deserves. Um, but um, I think uh, where I really became passionate about the game uh, I served a, mich- or a mission for my church. Uh, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I served down in, in, uh, in Paraguay in South America and just being immersed in, in that culture where, where soccer was the sport and, and at many times in many locations in that country, it was the only sport. There was no competition. It was always, always soccer and to see how people lived and breathe it every day. I also had the opportunity to go to Europe um, and play uh, in, a, in a couple different countries with a, with a team from America and we played some academy teams over in, um, in, in the Netherlands and in Belgium and in England. It was a 10 day tour that we had and just being exposed to that level of, of soccer and it blew my mind and I was super upset when I came back to the United States. That the sport i thought i had played uh, when i was younger and when i was in high school was not the sport that the world played it was just another level um, and so it was kind of disheartening but it uh it just opened my eyes uh to the passion of the sport um and and how it's ingrained in everybody's life and so that's, that's where my passion for soccer comes from, uh, just being exposed to it in diff- on different continents and in different locations uh, and seeing how it affects um, other people's lives.
0: Once you make it through high school, do you go and play at the college level? Um, <clears throat>
1: so I served a mission um, and I, I had some offers before my mission and I didn't really play after that. Um, played on some club teams, um, but nothing too, too competitive. Uh, when i came back i was i was out of shape i wasn't the greatest youth player um i was average at best um and so being off for two years uh losing what little skill that i had developed um and usually i i was one where i was the fittest um and i could run and i was strong in the tackle and i could defend really well Uh, but after my mission for for two years i i just wasn't in shape anymore um, and wanted to focus on other things um With uh, with coaching, though, I was kind of tricked into it. Uh, I I was playing on an indoor team uh, with with a couple friends and uh, one of one of the teammates was forming a a club there in Utah. Um, And he said uh, he had a team that he was coaching that he needed an assistant coach for. And I said, yeah, I'll I'll be your assistant coach. No, no problem. And after maybe a session or two, he said, I've got some other teams. I've got to coach. So this one's yours um and uh i was a little bit upset at him but uh it was a lot of fun and i fell in love with coaching uh and that side of soccer which i never thought i would have um and it was a boys team and and i loved it um and then the following season there their their seasons are flipped so the boys uh play in the fall and the girls play in the spring and and the high schools are flipped too so it works out perfectly um and then he said hey i've got this girls team do you want to you want to coach the girls team and i said absolutely um and so he yeah he really uh just kind of dropped some teams into my lap and and i enjoyed it and and i thought we had a lot of success uh and from there i just i just kept on coaching and he kept on giving me opportunities until i until i was able to stand on my own feet
0: as you talk about that transition from player to abruptly becoming a coach what was that transition like to go from i'm in the field of play and I'm seeing it and I'm kind of giving my input to being on the sideline. What's that transition like going from player to coach?
1: Yeah, for me, it was, it was natural because I felt while I was on the field, I I played on some great teams when I was a youth player and I wasn't always the best player, but I think what, uh, what allowed me to get on the field and and to remain on the field uh, was one where I worked hard um, and I had to study the game to, to compete with some of my talented teammates um, and uh, I felt my leadership abilities and qualities um, allowed me to get on the field over over other people. Uh, so being able to communicate, being able to organize uh, while I was on the field, I, I felt like those were my strengths as a player. Um, and so I think that was a natural transition for me when I got to the sideline. Um, where I where I could do the kind of similar similar things while I was on the field so it helps like not being a great soccer player um, (laughs) like I was because I had to develop those other strengths and and I always think I do as much for my teams now than I did when I played so um, sure I scored some goals when I played but uh, they were few and far between.
0: The other thing i was going to ask so you go from like coaching boys for a season then to girls and i've asked some other coaches what's the dynamics of or differences or similarities between coaching boys and girls we know they're completely different animals what's that you know some of the things that you've picked up going through that experience
1: yeah so i don't want to generalize uh between the two genders um so i'll just talk from my experience and my personality Um, I really, I, I enjoy coaching both, um, when I'm with a, a boys team though, I have to drive them a little bit more with my personality and with my ego. Um, and, and, and that's not me. That's, that's not me. I don't, I don't have a really, I don't have a big ego. Um, I'm more, I'm a little bit more laid back, but I do have to exert a little bit more energy to become someone. Maybe I'm not naturally. Um, but I, I, I find that with the boys, I have to drive them a little bit more with my personality with the, on the female side. Um, it's a little bit, I think it just matches up with my personality a little bit better. Um, they're still equal in competitive nature. Um, they want to win. They want to compete. Uh, they want to improve. Um, and all those I think are the same. But I think how they go about it is a little bit different uh, and it's a little bit more relationship driven. Uh, so I find myself having to build more relationships uh, to motivate and to inspire them. Whereas on the flip side with with the boys, I can just tell them um, h- how we're going to attack a team or how we're going to defend a team. Um, and <clears throat> again, use my personality to kind of drive them and motivate them with with on the female side. I, I find the relationships um, are much, much more important.
0: You talked about getting your feet underneath you as a coach. Once you realize like, hey, I'm pretty good at this and I might want to go after it. What's that next step after your friend has been just kind of shoveling teams to you? Where do you go next?
1: Yeah, so he got me involved with
0: a with the, with the
1: local high school there in, um, in Utah, Timfew High School. Uh, and i coached there for a couple years and i coached both boys and the girls i was involved in both programs uh and and it was my dream job um and it was a lot of fun and and then at the time i was married we had two kids and we decided as a family to move back home to maryland where i'm from uh, because my dad at the time had alzheimer's and we wanted to make sure our kids had um, some good memories before he got worse and and to help help the family and help take care of him as he got worse uh so we we, we left that we left utah and and i still think uh, that was probably one of my favorite uh coaching positions there being able to coach both boys and girls in high school um <clears throat> and then and then in the club scene as well but then to go to to maryland and we didn't really have a plan um and so we get out to maryland uh i get a job uh, at uh, international bank, um, because I'm I speak uh, Spanish um, fluently, and um, was able to to get a job at an international bank. Uh, but uh, my wife knew I wasn't happy and, and missed coaching, and I and I told her when we left, I was like, "Hey, we're done." And she was probably happy with that because she rarely saw me, um, uh, and she didn't she didn't she never planned on being a single married person. Um, for her marriage, but uh, she saw how mis- not miserable I was, but I, I missed it. Uh, and so the local junior college there, um, uh, the position opened maybe three or four months after we moved. Uh, she applied for me without telling me. Um, hold on, my office light went off. <laughs>
0: That's right. That, that happened the other day with Chris Jones, same exact thing.
1: <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> So she applied uh, for the job without telling me, and then I get a call from them uh, and I'm super excited and I'm thinking, wow, they must have heard of me. I didn't apply (laughs) for this job. They know I'm in the area. They must know what a great coach I am. So I go home and I tell my wife and she just laughs at me. She's like, no, I applied. You're not you're not as good as you think you are. Your reputation does not precede you, Um, but uh, do do good at your interview. So I went to the interview. and, and got the job. It was a struggling program at uh, the College of Southern Maryland. Um, and we were able to, to turn it around with the help of my assistant coaches and the players and turned it into something really, really special, won some championships, which they had never done before. They didn't even have winning seasons uh, before I got there. Um, and just, yeah, we just worked our butts off to to compete at a high level. Uh, and, and we found some success. And so, that's that's how I got into to college coaching and then being able to compete at a high level with the resources that we had drew the attention of, of Iowa Western coaches uh, who were just they were flabbergasted at what I was able to do with the resources that that I had um, and just building that friendship and that uh <clears throat> that uh, just those, those connections with them. And then when uh, Brad decided to move on to Illinois State as an assistant coach, um, he, he gave me a call. In fact, he called me um, and I thought he was, because I, I knew he was looking for an assistant coach and I thought he was gonna call and offer the assistant coach p- position to me. Um, and I was ready to say, yes, I'm on my way. Um, absolutely, I'll, I'll work with you. Um, but uh, he called and he said, hey, I'm leaving. I'd I'd like to recommend you for the for the position. If you apply, um, I'll back you. And and that's that's how I got here.
0: So a couple of things kind of work through how important, you know, the everybody gets so focused. You talked about putting the time and effort and enjoying the time at the high school at Utah. That at what point? I mean, it's such a big decision when it comes to family. How important is that family side? when you don't want to just be so hyper focused on just, I'm a, I'm a soccer coach all the time. I'm also a dad, I'm a son, I'm a husband, all those things.
1: Yeah. And, and getting the balance right is something that I don't, I'm not great at. And, and, but I have found that being able to focus on one thing at a time and not multitask. Uh, So when it's time for me to to be a dad, I'm a dad. When it's time for me to be a husband, I'm a husband. OK, uh, when it's time to be a leader in my home, that's what I do. There's no other there's no distractions. So I'm, I'm present. I'm there when it's time to work. Uh, it's it's time to work. Um, and, and setting up those boundaries. And and I, and I can't say that enough. Just being present in the moment where you're at and not being distracted by the phone. Um, <clears throat> by the text, the emails or, or whatever, whatever people are, are wanting you wanting from you in the moment. Uh, but just know. That you've got to fulfill your responsibilities and don't try to don't try to multitask um, which i try to do too much um, but when i'm when i'm good at it um i'm focused um and and i'm present
0: the other thing that i love was you first said like your wife doesn't really enjoy being like a single parent or you know at the home all the time but then when you flip it when this opportunity comes up it's her that takes the step to throw your hat in the ring how cool has that been for her to one, even do that without you knowing um, and to be kind of supporting like in her understanding of who you are and the impact that you can make and that you clearly the banking thing was something to do. But she knew that was just a holdover for you to find your next step.
1: Yeah, it can't be understated um, how special and unique of a person she is. Um, and I, I think for her uh, to know me uh, and to understand who I am uh, and what what drives me, what kind of gives me fulfillment, uh, while I provide the needs for for our family, um, like there was there was never a question of um, of what was best for our family or what was best for for all involved. It was she was always she's always a hundred percent supportive of of my endeavors um, because she knows uh, it, it'll make me happy. And and so, um, yeah, I whenever there's somebody that's that's super successful, um, that's getting things done uh, and they have a family, the person beside them is uh, is probably twice, maybe three times a better human being uh, than the person that you see. So um, yeah, she's, I wouldn't be able to do anything without her. Um, She's my, she's my crutch. If that's a, if that's an okay word to use, uh, probably isn't. Um, But uh, she's absolutely fantastic.
0: You talked about also taking over a program in Maryland that was, you know, not at a great place. What was it about using your resources? That was kind of the words you used. How do you maximize resources and turn that into like success and gain momentum
1: yeah I, I think you have to you have to build your programs off of principles um and you have to base those principles on what will give you the biggest competitive advantage um one of the reasons why i took that job and i was excited to take that job was the men's team at the time was super successful and i thought If they were, I can be too. And I'm not the most creative person, um, but I am persistent and I'm resilient. And if someone tells me no, I'm just going to find a way for them to tell me yes uh, one day. Uh, I had the great opportunity. So the men's coach, through circumstances, um, ended up being on my staff. And he, Tony Galliano, is the most creative coach individual i've ever met um and so with his with his ability to think of ideas and understand soccer um and solve problems and then my ability to not quit and be persistent on some of his ideas because he'll go to the administration with some ideas and they'll tell him no and he kind of backs off and, and then i'll pick up the baton and say no that tony that was a really good idea let's Let's push it. Let's go. Let's I think that's going to work. So it was just a really good a really good uh, dynamic with with me and with me and Tony as my assistant coach. Uh, We also had another coach, Matt, who was great with with the team, who built great unity. Um, So we had a really good staff that kind of complemented each other uh, through our weaknesses and and our strengths. Um, And it's funny as as we look back, the staff, we we always had arguments. Um, uh, because again, we were trying to solve problems, um, and get over challenges and each of us had our own ideas. Um, but I think the biggest compliment we received was from our team where they, like at the end of the year, they always, we, I, I give them exit interviews and and get their feedback. And what a common theme out of each year, when we were together as a staff, the players said, that they were impressed on how unified our staff was. And it just blew me away. And I was just like, no, we're not. We're totally different. We argue. Um, we have different views on how soccer should be played. We have different views on how we should teach soccer. Um, but I, I, I'm very impressed with, with our ability to kind of keep that internal. And then when we ran a session or we were with the team, we, we came together as a staff and we were unified. And I think that helped the group uh, be unified as well because they, they, they did see that we were different um, and we were completely different uh, individuals. Um, and I think that helped them and that provided uh, a path for us to maximize whatever resources we had and to get, uh, get a competitive advantage.
0: The one thing that I loved about that was you allowed Tony to have a voice even with administration or to share his ideas. How important is it to, as a head coach, not be controlling everything? Um, You talk about being persistent and doing, you know, doing your time and putting all that stuff, effort and all that. How important is it to, one, like have disagreements about ideas? So not having yes coaches that constantly, oh, yeah, I love that idea. Well, no, I want to really hear what you're thinking. And then, two, that ability to let them be themselves. Um, to, you know, like you said, they were their own individual. They brought something to the program that maybe you didn't bring.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's a massive, massive um, advantage when you have different ideas. Uh, and I think I'm one, like I said, I don't have an ego. I don't think I know everything about soccer. Um, in fact, in our discussions, I think the most value I bring to a brainstorming se- session is the wrong idea or the (laughs) bad idea, because I know from that idea, people will build on it and make it into a good idea. So I'm never one to say I always have the answers um, because I don't, I just don't. Um, I I recognize my limitations. um, And so I value the opinion of other people. And I know if, if they bring a bad idea to the table, I can say, I can build on that uh, based on my knowledge and my experience um and say okay maybe not let's go in this different direction but we're going to find it when we're going to find it together but you need those different ideas i think when you have that environment as well where you have people that are comfortable and confident of sharing their ideas and they know they're not going to be shut shut down or be made fun of um, and they may not even be used but they're they feel a part of the program and they feel more of a responsibility you're going to get more of a return on them but also they're going to continue to grow and get better and learn and so then their ideas become even better and they become a better coach and they get inspired to to move on and and to to take take their own program and practice what what we've been doing and, and maybe build upon that and have more success for themselves too
0: you mentioned as you were building that program you started gaining interest especially from iowa western uh what was it like to have that previous coach reach out to you like you laughed about like oh they know who i am at the school in maryland your wife's like "No, actually i but to actually go from like thinking that and not being true that actually someone saying "No, this is the person i think that should come in for me next how big of a boost of confidence is that does someone recognize the effort and what you had accomplished there in Maryland.
1: Yeah, I, I think that was, that was really important for me and in, in my growth as a coach. Um, I always tell myself that I'm the most introverted coach uh, in the world uh, where I think coaches need to be extroverted. They need to, and I see coaches on social media and I see coaches um, when I'm out uh, recruiting and how easy it is for them to, kind of socialize and and build relationships. Uh, that's not me. Uh, and and I love being and, and I'm fine with that. And I'm, I'm fine with being in my own world. Um, and I'm not one that needs kind of external um, validation from other people. Like I can see when I'm doing a good job. I can see when I'm doing a poor job. Um, and I don't need anybody to tell me that. Um, but I think as. As I go throughout my career, um, the relationships that I build um, are more important to me than the wins that I've had. Uh, And so to have to have a friend, um, just not another colleague, give me a call and say, I want you to take over something that's the most important thing thing to me professionally was was a big honor for me. Uh, And then i think coming into the job that's what motivated me to do a great job uh, while i was here taking care of the program Um, to make sure i didn't let him down i didn't let the alumni down i didn't let my current players down Um, so it was just added motivation beyond the fact that i'm already hyper competitive Um, i'm I care about the work that I do personally. Um, I want to take care of my family and provide for my family. Yes, that, that motivation there is, is, has always been there. But I think that added uh, connection to, to Brad and to the alumni uh, provided that extra little bit to keep going when we face challenges, to, to keep going when we were already good, but can we get it to great? Uh, can, we move, can we move the needle just that little bit more that separates us from the 5% to get us into the 1%? Um, so for me, that, that was crucial um, to, to kind of battle the, the, the tendency to come into work and just be average on a given day, but to be great every single day because I knew eyes were on me. They were counting on me. Uh, maybe maybe they weren't and maybe that's just in my head um but that's how i feel every single day that i want to do my best work and my the 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 greatest job i can every single day no matter what i'm doing
0: you mentioned being somewhat like an introvert but then i here i went on a mission trip to paraguay i went over and played in netherlands and did all that i've moved you know to maryland and now i'm in iowa how big has it been for you to kind of get out of your comfort zone? Like going on a mission trip is a big step. You're really like going into a completely new culture. You're just surrounded by your host family and all those experiences that you gather from it. How important has it been for you to, one, know kind of your makeup as a person, but then being able to like, I've got to step out a little bit because I know I'm going to it's going to bode well big time in the future.
1: Yeah, one thing about me is I'm curious. Yes, I'm introverted, um, but I'm also fascinated on the human's ability to learn and to grow. And I feel like the only way you can grow is to get out of your comfort zone, to be in different situations that uh, make you anxious. I'm on this call and I'd rather be at home in my bed. (laughs) Right. By myself. okay. But for me to be able to grow, I need to put myself out there into into uncomfortable situations um, and learn and to grow and make connections. And so when I say I'm hyper competitive, um, it's not a battle of winning or losing. I'm hyper competitive because I want to learn and I want to become a better human being. Um, and, And that's what that's what drives me. And so, yes, I went on my mission and that's not what introverts do. They don't get up and go to a foreign place and speak with perfect strangers and try to convince them uh, uh, and talk to them about religion. Um, That's something that's totally foreign to them. However, part of my growth is, again, being curious um, and pushing myself into those environments um, where I'm going to grow and, 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 and for me like i said that's where i get my validation of seeing where i started from and where i'm at so if you knew me eight years ago before i took iowa western if you knew me before i took the college of southern maryland you'd see a completely different person i think i think i'm unrecognizable to that person uh, 15 years ago Um, and hopefully i'm a better version of that person Uh, and so yeah the human the human existence fascinates me because I believe people can change and I, I think people can grow and get better. Um, and I think there's a lot of hope in that. And so I'm I'm a positive person where, like, yeah, I'm going to do uncomfortable things and I may dislike it and I don't like it in the moment. Um, but uh, I know it's it's for my growth and, and I'll be a better person because of it.
0: How much is recognizing that that growth has occurred? help you when you're working with that, you know, that player that's that first year with you, knowing that, hey, two, three years down the road, you know, you're going to be a completely different person. And is that something you kind of continue to let them know, like, I am my own person. I've gone through my own kind of growth and development. You're going to have the same. And it may not be like mine as your coach, but I'm here to support you and and work with you as we go through it.
1: Yeah, I, I don't share too much of my my growth with my players just because i don't think it relates to them um i'm a completely different person than than they are um however we do preach that i and this is my own personal opinion that the secret to happiness in this life and whatever you do is seeing yourself progress in anything um and it, and it's not good enough just to progress you have to realize that you're progressing so when we have a player that maybe is struggling we know they're they're progressing we can see um, them hitting milestones but if they don't see it themselves they're going to be unhappy Um, and then unhappy players don't play well Um, and so what we try to do is we try to make them conscious of their progress this is you at day one this is where we're at right now can you see that progress if you continue to work and do the things that we're asking you to do, you're going to be hitting this milestone, this milestone. And and then they're then they're happy. Then they can see it. So that's that's our biggest secret. That's what we that's what we try to live by is can we progress? And then can we see ourselves progressing and we'll be happy in this life?
0: Uh, that's really, really cool. I love that. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask, and I've never really got into with other coaches, but you talked about, um, having children and them being in the mix. What's it like when you are like, Hey, we're moving to Maryland and talking with them about your move, you know, your moves, like the wife sounds like she's super supportive. And like you said, is awesome. Um, and then even the move now to Iowa, what's that kind of dynamic of, you can't just have the conversation with just your wife. What's it like kind of like explaining to the kids like, Hey, here's what's going on. Here's why we're making the move and keeping everybody kind of in the loop.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think like I've talked about before is kids don't want change, right? They want it. They're comfortable. They want to stay where they're comfortable. Um, But as I've explained, we've got to do things that make us uncomfortable so that we can grow. Um, And we, we also have, we've had talks with them before about maybe jobs I was offered. Um, And we sat down with the family and went through the decision-making process of should we take this job or should we, should we not? Um, And so they've, they've seen my wife and I's kind of thought process. And so they, they, they notice that we have their best interests at heart we're not gonna i'm not gonna pick up and move just because i want that job and it's an attractive job it has to make sense uh for the family and so we've i we've turned down a lot of jobs um just because it didn't make sense for our family and we we kept the kids in the loop on that but when we do make a change um, yeah they're still resistant to it um, but they understand and they trust us that we know what's best for them, um, and whatever move we make, it's going to be in the best interest for our family, not just for dad to get to get better as a coach or get a, get more money or whatever. Um, <clears throat> it'll be in the best interest for the family, and and they don't really care uh, about dad as a coach. Like they think they think I'm the coach of the year every single year. They think I win championships every single year. Um, their opinion of me won't change if we lose every single game, uh, they don't care about that stuff. Um, and so when we do make our decisions, me and my wife, we, we think about that. Um, and, and we have those conversations in front of the kids. We, we get their opinions, but to be honest, like they're going to say, no, I don't want to move because I don't want to leave my friends. Um, but we're going to do what's, what's best for them because we love them and, and they understand that.
0: So here you are coming off a national championship. What do you do to keep that level up? You talked about coming in at the very beginning and getting so focused on results. Um, Do you just kind of do a decompress and then we just get right back to it? How do you keep them them motivated? You're hyper competitive. How do you continue to keep saying like, hey, that was great. But can we continue to keep that level up? You talked about even coming in. The expectations at that school are so high right now. The standard is really high. How do you keep it there? Yeah.
1: Um, <clears throat> we're, we're already planning, and we're, we're talking with the group uh, of our returning, our returning players, and we're trying to anticipate challenges that we'll face. Um, <clears throat> and, and we're planning on how we're going to overcome those challenges. And so right now, we're building themes uh, for the year, to kind of help keep us focused on what our goals will be. We don't know exactly what the goals will be. However, if I do my recruiting right, they're gonna to wanna to win a national championship. Um, if, I, if they don't want that, then I haven't done my recruiting right, um, but we'll let them decide. Um, so we're already talking about what challenges we're gonna face. I am already talking to coaches that have won championships before and haven't repeated. And I'm, talk, and I'm asking them questions why, what was your biggest challenge? What did you guys face? What happened? Um, and I'm gathering that information. and then as as uh, the team and I meet, we discuss some of those some of those challenges. Hey, do you think we're gonna be we're gonna fall into this trap? Are you do you think we're gonna fall into this trap? How are we gonna overcome it? Um, these are the some of the things that these coaches have said, uh, and these are the the trends and patterns I'm seeing while I talk to coaches of what we're gonna face. And so we're planning ahead um, so that we can be ready. Um, But um, I don't know if you can plan for everything. Uh, So we are planning for that event too, of being able to face challenges that we haven't anticipated. Uh, But you also have to be really lucky too. Luck plays a big role of it. And I don't know, somebody said that you can create your own luck. Um, I believe that, but I don't know how. So. maybe when we will, that's something we'll have to figure out. I don't know.
0: The one thing that pops in my head is the, the idea of problem solving. Has that always, you talk about being curious and love the idea of how humans can develop and exist and all that has problem solving just been one of those, even as you were growing up, if there were things that were kind of broke or kind of a DIY kind of thing, have you always been kind of a fixer or a person that, like you said, I'll have some ideas. I don't know if it'll work. But I've got like as soon as I see an issue, I'll have some ideas and you're kind of doing that now. And I love the idea. of I'm going to let my players say, what things do you think we're going to run into? Like I can see stuff from my point of view, but how cool is it to let your actual players go? Coach, here's some things I'm concerned because we're losing X, Y and Z from last year's team and we don't know what's coming in this year.
1: Yeah, so I think I haven't always been this way, um, and, that, and that's why I'm fascinated with how people evolve. Uh, I went to school out in uh, Maryland, just, uh, just outside of Washington, D.C. My education experience wasn't great. Um, I didn't believe in education, uh, not that my teachers were bad, just the environment was, was not very good uh, with a lot of violence and a lot of distraction in the classroom. Um, And so I didn't feel like education was for me. I never planned on going to college um, until after I served my mission, uh, where the mission president uh, told me I should go to Utah because there was good fishing and he knew there was good fishing in there. He knew I liked fishing. um, And uh, he knew also that uh, it was probably, it was an environment that valued education. And I I still didn't value education at that point. But I think as I went through college uh, and I became less ignorant um, and I and I saw how, again, education is is the great uh, equalizer, and it can it can change things. And so my mindset began to change. Whereas when I was younger, I thought this is who I am. I'll never be able to get out of here. I'll never be able to to change anything. There's nothing I can do. Um, but when I went to college, that completely changed, uh, and I understood that my actions and my habits can shape my future. I may not always get what I want, but I can help guide my life and I'm not on a fixed path, that it's up to me. And so one of our goals in our program is to empower our players to have that same mindset of I can be anything I want to be. I can shape my future, I can create my future. Um, And so we bring in players from all over the world, our rosters super diverse, and just the different ideas and the different cultures that we that we get from bringing people together is just really, really fascinating. And we I, I love um, for me, it's just a big experiment of the the human capacity to build empathy between different people. Um, and, and I think empathy is massive in a championship team. Um, and so uh, it's, it's just awesome to see them interact. Uh, the staff it, were fascinated with who um, who kind of builds re- strong relationships with each other, and and w- sometimes we're just uh, we're just massively confused of how that relationship formed because they're completely different, but it just works. I, we don't like we're confused. We're just learning on on the fly too. But um, so our uh, my fascination with problem solving just comes with with an understanding that, that humans are amazing, that um, if someone tells us there's something impossible, tomorrow, somebody's going to do it. Um, So yeah, I, I, I just think we're just, we're just, we're just capable of doing amazing things.
0: We are capable of doing amazing things. That's a awesome way to shut this chat down. This is Karen with Adam Sanchez, and I'm out. Peace what a great chat thanks for checking it out if you haven't done so already follow us on twitter at coaches let's chat hit that subscribe button and once again if you get a chance drop a review It's super, super helpful for growing the podcast. Have a good one. Peace.